0: Hi, and welcome to the B2E podcast. Uh, Today we have on the show uh, Mr. Jobin. Uh, Hi, Jobin. Uh, Would you care to introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Hi, Johan, and B2E podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me here. Uh, Myself, I'm Jobin George, born in Kerala in Patankata. My hometown is Chalanapurli, the the hometown of the famous St. George uh, Pilgrimage Center in Canada and uh, brought up in Mumbai. 30 uh, some years I've been living in, in, in Mumbai and then moved to the UK, currently living in a place called Reading uh, that is just outside London. Professionally, I have completed my master's in business administration in 2012 in India. Post that, I was working with various banks in India and then moved to the UK. Currently, I am working as uh, in the AML KYC sector uh, in in the financial industry in in UK itself, that's all about myself. Thank you.
0: Hi, Jobin. So uh, that's that's very interesting. Um, you mentioned that you were an Orthodox Christian. Um, being an Orthodox Christian, um, how would you identify your yourself in this world uh, with your faith? Because wherever you go around this world, you when you just name yourself as being a Christian uh, the next question would be what kind of a Christian are you are you, are you a Catholic Christian an Orthodox Christian um, are you a Baptist are you a Brethren and um, with all these different sections um, what kind of an identity would you be serving uh, into your community like, um, what do you stand for uh, especially when it comes to faith
1: Johan, that's a very good question um, in this world today when there's a lot of identities and a lot of men not many youngsters are not not only youngsters a lot of people are just trying to find out their identity in this world it is very much uh, true that we need to have an identity of of ourselves so for myself yeah on the faith basis I would say that I am an Orthodox Christian from mm-hmm. India so why I'm saying it from India? Because we do have an Orthodox Christian base in India, which has been set up since AD 62 by one of the apostles or disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's, I mean, currently we have about 2,000 years of approximately, uh, 2,000 years of Christian history in India. And I'm very proud to say that I am from uh, from one of those families uh, who s- belong to that, that section of the church uh, in India. Uh, it is many of in many of the Indians uh, think that Christianity came to India with the Portuguese and the Britishers. That is in the 1600s, but that is not so. Uh, Christianity was prevalent much long much longer than what we think, what we all know. Uh, it was very much thriving along the western and the eastern co- coast of India, because not uh, there is a history there is a um, unknown or uh, unwritten history that uh, apart from St. Thomas even another disciple came to India uh, in the western coast and there are churches uh, which were built in the first century um, and Christian communities in the first century um, on the western and eastern coast of India from that time so uh, that is my identity of of being an orthodox Christian from India because uh, what it means is that Uh, My faith, or what my fathers have taught us, taught me, is a faith that has been handed out right from the apostles, without any dilutions, without any changes, and it is a faith which has um, kept on in spite of all the changes that the world has seen throughout these years.
0: I see. Um, So, uh, when you said that your faith has been there. Uh, in India, from almost two thousand years, which I also share, basically because I am also an Orthodox Christian. But just being curious enough and uh, being a person who's trying to come outside of the church view and trying to get a whole different picture, so that I can speak for the public, um, I would like I would like to just ask you: um, Is there any scope of the faith being deviated from what it was supposed to be? Um, along these 2000 years that you know probably things like um, the strictness or the value to which our forefathers had for each and every single thing that was taught straight from Jesus Christ itself do you think it might have been diluted in some kind of way because of all these uh, different invasions, uh, different uh, kind of ideas, thoughts different teachings that has come to this uh, coast of Kerala in the last 2000 years?
1: Um, well, yes, uh, there has been changes. Um, if you see, uh, even though Orthodox Christians are prevalent in various parts of the world, for example, uh, we have Orthodox Christian bases in Syria, that uh, Armenia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Eritrea, We also have many of the Western Western Orthodox churches along in the Europe, Um, but if the crux of all the Orthodox churches, the teachings are the same. But the cultural, the 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 influence of the culture of the people have been there in these churches. So, whatever we practice is unique to how uh, unique to the land and the people of that region, and. Uh, Because of that, there has been uh, misconstrued uh, understandings by the different denominations uh, throughout these years and that's why there were synods happening, there were a lot of fights happening throughout these years from the very uh, 3rd, 4th, 11th centuries between Christians, between various various groups and uh, it is only in the recent past that the Christian communities are coming together to fine tune or to understand each other, to bring about a brotherly love that Christ taught. Um, So what is this faith all about? You asked me the question, what is the Christian faith all about? Christ did not come to this world to create different denominations, no. He only came to show love. Uh, He only came to bring back the love that was lost between Adam and Eve. Um, and God, uh, Adam and even and God—that is, the human kind and God—to the right equilibrium. That's what his motive was. And how does how does it do it? He brings the whole humankind back to the back to God by his sacrifice. And then also he instructs us that we need to love each other just as we love ourselves. That is the whole equation of the Christian faith: that we love God with our whole heart, mind and soul, and then we love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. That is the whole point of the Christian faith. If, that is, if these two points of the faith are not there, then um, we can't say that we are a Christian. And in today's time, I feel that because the church is practicing many things which it does not, uh, which is uh, going against what it preaches, many of the youngsters are losing interest in the church. They're not losing in the faith. They're not losing interest in the faith. They do have the faith in them. But they do lose interest from the church. That is, they keep away from the activities of the church. They don't involve with the church. They go afar off. And this is the main main reason. Wherein, the church is called to help out and reach out to the poor and the needy and the widows and the orphans. But we find not many churches are doing that. So, um that is the whole uh, point of contention between the youngsters and the church today.
0: I see so um very recently i'd uh, I'd spoken to a person who is apparently an Orthodox Christian he's from the church, and uh, there was always a fight about I mean a lot of debate about... The church and you know the kind of struggles that they're going through right now with uh, different kind of factions and everything. And you know what I'm talking about. And it seemed to me like um, drifting from the topic of who established the church and why it was established. Um, it seemed to me like the general public, who are part of the church, starts to think. I am of this church or I am of this faction uh, rather than saying we are the church we together are the church what do we believe in what are we trying to get out of all of this if people just sit together and try to find out what is the problem that is going on in the church and why this church has been established I think uh, not half uh, probably the whole thing would just settle down but the general emotional instability in all the people Um, around me as of right now um, is kind of misguided because apparently uh, the thought of knowing that your spirituality is not supposed to be with these four pillars that surround you but rather uh, in the value that is given by the person who is believed to be proceeding inside of these four pillars ...is what is essential... Uh, ...what I am trying to say is... ...Jesus Christ our God... ...who prevails inside the churches... ...who is to be valued... ...rather than... Uh, ...you know... ...the thing that is being given value to... Uh, ...and... ...I think there is a lot of materialistic things... ...going on in this world... ...and uh, because of... Uh, ...you know... ...these attachment to these material things... ...and you know... ...power... Uh, ...these flow of powers and everything the general public in the younger section is try is is kind of getting suffocated and uh, i i could probably use the word drifting but at the same time diverging from what is uh, you know meant to be true or what is meant to be safeguarded uh, and i think the general younger generation is not given something to be protected by themselves and, uh, you know, they're uh, going out into the world trying to seek what their identity is and uh, embracing whatever is being uh, appealing in their own eyes which is a very dangerous thing to be because we've seen what happened in the Bible for the people who, you know, did the things what seemed right in their own eyes and part of the problem is, not even part of the problem I think the whole problem is not with them diverging away but from us not being able to provide for them what was meant to be provided and uh, is there anything that you can say about that am i wrong in any kind of way please do correct me because this was kind of my thought and i just wanted to make sure if it's right or not
1: and uh, you're absolutely right in saying that yes we are giving undue importance to something or someone um, who should not be given that important importance? Uh, in the true Christian faith, in the true Orthodox Christian faith just taught by the apostles, if you look at the writings of Saint Paul himself, he calls each and every Christian to whom he writes as saints. He addresses them as saints. So, in that sense, every one of us, me, you, anyone who is listening to this podcast, who is a believer. Uh, anyone of any any denomination, he or she is a saint, and and they too are equally important in the eyes of eyes of God. in In the current scenario that we are finding in India, it is basically the church is trying to just look at its current posi- position. That is what I would say. Uh, I'm I will not say against anything against any of the churches. Um, it is only looking at what it's. It is only really trying to defend its position as of the as of current day. It is not looking at. Or many of the churches find it difficult to look forward 10, 15, 20 years down the line and plan for those events that is that is coming, that will come to pass. For example, you you mentioned about the youths. Yes, the youths are the. Main pillar of the church, because the youth of today are the church of tomorrow. If the church does not cater to the youth of today, the church loses its pillar of tomorrow, and that is what we find in in our churches that is happening today. We find we give um, due importance or great importance to the Sunday school. The Sunday school is the is the biggest achievement or the biggest pillar of the church, wherein the church is teaching its, its very young generations, very young children, about the faith, about the crux of the Christian faith. But I find it very difficult that the church is not catering to the same youth who are growing into their um, teenage years, that is after 15, 16, 18 years. Once they are in their colleges or universities, there is not much avenues for them to discuss yes mjudism is there but even among, among mjudism itself uh, there is a lack of good good spiritual leaders i'm talking from the experience that i have with my own in my own diocese of mumbai wherein yes uh, there are youngsters there are youngsters that are very capable youngsters who are very much involved in doing all event based activities but not many are very much interested in doing something like a Bible study, something like going out and meeting the orphans and the widows. They are all based everyone uh, is more or less inclined to do to do events wherein they are able to portray themselves in a in a better picture or in a better light. And where did these kids learn this from? They learned it from our from our own elders who were who have been. Uh, trying to do events for their own churches to trying to gain name for their own churches, but um, We find we find a lack of um, Elders or spiritual leaders who are able to guide our youngsters and saying that that is not the correct way of Christian belief or Christian faith the Christian faith is sacrificing yourself as a self-sacrifice the Christian faith is not calling for a self gratification It is always a sacrifice or a sacrificial faith, wherein you sacrifice yourself, you sacrifice your your energies, your time, your um, your resources, for the benefit of others. Where do we learn that? Who um, who is teaching us that? I don't I don't think um, I don't I haven't found many many teachers who teach us that that aspect that. The Christian faith is sacrificial sacrificing faith or and uh, encourage the youngsters to spend their time their energies their resources to those who are in need. Uh, our parents uh, many of our parents in the um, outside Kerala or in Kerala itself, they are very much busy in their own life they are trying to set up their own life but the aspect of prayer life is missing. Many of our youngsters. Um, I'm a Sunday school teacher, so I know that not many students, not many, not many families spend time in prayer. And the the only time they come for prayer is in the Sunday school, uh, most probably, or in the church. They don't have time to spend for prayer in their homes. The evening and at least the evening and the, the morning prayers. The parents are so busy. That even five minutes or ten minutes, they are not able to spend time and sit down and pray. So uh, these are places where we are where we are lacking. Not just in the aspect of a, uh, a feud that is happening between the churches, but in spiritual aspect. Where is the church going? Uh, how is the church planning for the youth of tomorrow? I'm not seeing that anywhere.
0: I agree Mr. Jobin and um, kind of saddens me uh, because me personally I had this animosity against the church where I literally pointed my fingers at each and every single person only because um, it's, it's, it's only because very recently like maybe two or three years ago that I came not three years ago probably two and a half years ago where I came to know about things like the Jesus prayer the prayer rope And I only came to the knowledge of all all these because of the suggestion of a very pious and polite Ethiopian Orthodox Christian who was not self-righteous in any kind of way and helped me, bowed down to me and came to my level and asked me to, you know, go outside the church and have a better look at, uh, uh, you know, what the church is offering and what it's uh, supposed to be. And that is the only time that I came to know about what true orthodoxy is. The asceticism, the Jesus prayer, um, things like the sin, uh, how the orthodox church sees sin, that everybody is affected by the same sin and there are only people who are a bit more healed than others. And at the same time, when people are a bit more healed than others... They are supposed to show who the doctor is and who is the what are the medicines that have been provided and that they should go and see this doctor that the doctor can assess what the problems are for the person and reveal it to that person itself and tell them to you know take the medicine to the right amount to heal better and sometimes we all miss this medicine that has been prescribed by the doctor and what do we do we still go back to the doctor and you know try to get back in line and all these kind of ideas about how to see sin what our faith should be and things like the Jesus prayer ascetism uh eyes on Lord Jesus Christ son of God have mercy upon me a sinner just chanting that prayer over and over again so that our tongues are always busy rather than staying idle because idleness is you know being idle is the devil's workshop um Instead of it staying idle, just invoking the name of Jesus Christ itself keeps your mind busy, uh, so that you do not do anything that is outside of what God wants. All these kind of things, honestly speaking, I had to learn it on my own through my own research, and I, I I kind of find it sad that you know you have to do it on your own for some reason. I'm not saying that there are people inside the church who do not do it, but I feel like. The importance given to, you know, uh, f- uh, for sharing this knowledge or sharing what is already been taught to us is not done to its appropriate extent and whatever is a bad example is easily being spread because very recently I met a young man, um, he's, he's he's in his uh, seventeen. century. Uh, or 18 years of age and the one thing that he did against a teacher just because you know, he was valid um, you know, regarding his scripture and regarding his bible was, and he fought against uh, one of his Sunday school teachers because of some partiality shown in, you know, Sunday school marking system or something like that but I'm not going to go into details but uh, I'm just saying um, you know the children are fighting for something they are in need of something they don't know what to believe in it whatever is being taught to them somehow they're not able to find value in you know uh, find uh, they're not able to find the value in what is being taught so is it the way in which it is being taught or is it just that you know the things that are to be taught are not being taught at all what do you think no uh,
1: it's a valid question Johan. you know uh, as a, as a youngster um, after going through 12 years in in sunday school what do we get once we come out of out of it what are we uh, coming into so just like any any school that we go to the first 12 years of our life is just a basic stepping stone it's just a ste- stepping stone into which later on we Get on to our graduations or postgraduate degrees, and that's where we enhance our knowledge. Okay, that is how it should be. But as I mentioned earlier, um, we are not catering to the faith development of the youngsters who complete that 12 years in the Sunday school. Once they complete it, done and dusted. What after that? It's up to them. Uh, so, yes. Uh, we as a church, we need to provide avenues um, where the youngsters can find answers in their life. The thing is, um, the answers most 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 um, it is the thing is um, since our majority of our population or the majority of our senior. Um, um, congregation members of the church are Malayalam speaking and speaking in the dialect of Malayalam or um, with the ability to write and understand and uh, speak Malayalam most of our teachings most of our preachings, most of our lessons are in the language of Malayalam even in, even the um, books that are published by um, teachers um, well known teachers are mostly in Malayalam which is which at this current day and age it is a in, uh, in, uh, second-generation Malayali or a second-generation Keralite who has been living outside Kerala for majority of his life, his or her life, is difficult. I cannot understand, I cannot read Malayalam nor can I write in Malayalam. So where do I go and seek the knowledge? And the only place I can go and seek knowledge is from teachers who are able to teach me in, in a right like manner or I need to go outside the church and uh, outside the church and look for teachers who are able to make me understand that is where I guess the church is lacking that we are still concentrating on a population who is dwindling uh, and not catering to a population who is growing in that aspect I would say the American diocese of our church has done much better in this regard they have published and they are catering to the young, younger generation, the second and third generations, and even the fourth generations by converting or translating the books into English. The press, the common press, the Shimo press, the um, press of the Great Land, press of all the lands. Um, everything is being translated in English. Uh, not only, not only translation, but also versifications. Versification means the hymns are translated in such a manner that it can be sung in the same tone as we sing the Malayalam songs. But the sad part is that uh, people who are in India, who are outside Kerala they are not much appreciative of the fact of singing these, these hymns in, in English. I face the same issues here in the UK because not many churches sing hymns in English. It is all sung in Malayalam. People don't think that the people think generally that their children will understand uh, what the hymn means, the prayer means. But no, uh, children, of, children of today's age, where they have everything in their fingertips, we need to provide them the resources for them to read and understand what they are getting into, and um, we need to provide that avenue for them, and uh, that is where I guess the church should be looking, uh, looking to grow. And uh, I am hoping that uh, many of the dioceses outside Kerala would try to cater to the um, youngsters who don't understand Malayalam in the coming uh, coming years. Uh, I guess in the right now, because many of our seminarians are from the outside Kerala region, they are more welcoming to the fact that yes we need to have our worship in english we need to speak in english for the younger generation they are trying to do that and that's a uh, welcome change in how the church should reach out to the youngsters and that is one aspect of teaching Um, but also there is an aspect of um, practicing your faith We need teachers who practice our faith in their own life. Um, What I mean is that um, every one of us, even the teachers and the priests of the church included, they are very much involved in their own life. They are looking to safeguard their own life. But not many. A hardly few teachers and, and priests of the church are dedicating the time for the spiritual welfare of the children of the church. The, the true pastoral care of, of trying to understand the pains of each and every member of the church that very few are doing it and um, we, need, we need priests and teachers and lay leaders who are able to give the true pastoral care it is not just keeping the uh, congregation members in the church that is not the point the point is to give a healing as you mentioned the healing that comes from the master, uh, the true master or the true healer, that healing, I don't find that being given out um, um, in our churches. For example, uh, um, our church has recently started the Shafiro project, which is catering to the um, specially abled children and families of our church. We come to a church on a regular basis. Um, how many of us look around and try to find if there is any specially abled child or parent or family in our midst? Have we tried to uh, look at them and talk to them? There are families amongst amidst us. There are families who need that attention from our church. But it is a very sad fact to say that till recently, until recently, the church did not understand the need for a project or a need for a place or a project where they could, especially able people, can come to the churches without any need for concern or fear of um, um, what do you say? unwanted looks and voices. The The first project uh, the Shafi- uh, under Shafiro was to enable the people on wheelchairs uh, to make the Paramala Church uh, accessible for people who are on wheelchairs. That is the first project. Um, have you noticed that most of our churches are built on steps? Steps, yes.
0: Steps, yes, yes. Now,
1: they're all, all on steps. They don't have any, any pathways for the... the Wheelchair uh, people who are bound to wheelchairs. Um, second, if there is a if there is an autistic child amidst us, uh, and if the child makes noises special noises, um, or noises during the service, how many of us uh, we will most probably eighty percent of us will go and speak to that uh, parent and say that please do not bring that child to the church. Because it is disturbing the service, we will say that that, that is a, that is a situation that we find uh, back in Kerala and India. Uh, it does not that chi- the, that child has also um, received baptism, just as me and you, and he and he or she has, is equally just uh, liable to receive the Holy Kribana in the church, but. When he or she comes to the church, we keep him away, keep him away. Is that is that how the church should be? Yeah. So these are things that we need to open up our eyes and look at the world as it is and bring Christ or bring healer to the world as it is. The
0: children inside the church also. Um, apparently they seem to be uh, absorbing so many of the negative things uh, that is being portrayed inside the church especially from the lay people side for example even for uh, you know the preaching of a message you, you expect the um, you know the sermon to go about for one hour that's okay when it's a lent period and apparently when it's a kurbana period above five minutes people start getting irritated above seven minutes they have a problem uh, apparently everything has become so busy for the people who are attending the church that kurbana should end from well, it should start at this time and end at this time and anything above it is the problem of the priest but I do feel for the person who is standing in the altar and sacrificing for God because apparently he's checking his time or he's checking the time on his watch all the time uh, instead of concentrating completely on the you know sacrifice that is being done. Uh, I've seen instances where people uh, where there are uh, you know priests who literally beat on their breast. And cry out before God for when praying for others, and, and that also is being limited by all these kind of. I would I would literally use the strong word stupid distractions. That is brought forth by uh, you know the, the diaspora of general part of the diaspora, and it is affecting the growing part of the diaspora. who is learning from all these kind of things it's very easy for them to learn because it's very evident it's it's harder for them to grasp the spiritual aspect when it is not being practiced
1: Johan uh, you know uh, when we understand the orthodox faith or the orthodox way of life because orthodoxy is not just a teaching or faith it is a way of life Okay, and it, it applies to it applies in every aspect of our life. It should apply in every aspect. That means, in, our, in while as a child, as a parent, as a youngster, as a priest, as a bishop, it applies in every aspect of our life. And the sad fact is, for an Orthodox Christian, the Christian teaching or the Christian practices begin at home. It, it begins at home that is where a child learns about the christian practices or the christian faith but in today's time and time and age how many of our parents are spending time with their children and speaking to them about what was what was the bible chapter that was read in the church on that sunday For me, my, and when, I, when I was a child, when me and my me and my brother were, were children, that's how my parents used to teach us. They used to sit in the Sunday afternoon, from after coming from, from from the church, from the Sunday school, and everything. We would come home by around 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and we would sit down for tea, and then that is the point that is the place where we had a discussion, wherein we discussed what was the understanding that we gained from what the achin spoke about on the evangelium or it can be any any general topic not only the evangelium it can be any general topic that that could be up for discussion how many of our parents are willing to spend that time not many of our parents are doing that in, the, in this in this current age it is very it is very rare to find parents who are willing willing to spend thirty minutes or one hour and sit down and discuss with their children with regards to their faith, with regards to the church practices or the, or the prayers, to teach their children their prayers, the meaning of the words of the prayers, to uh, make them understand that the words, uh, this word means this and this is the depth of the, of the prayers. Uh, many of our parents are not even understanding the meaning of the prayers itself they don't take the time second uh, they are not willing to teach their children the meaning of the prayers they expect that everything will be taught in the sunday school but no one realizes that a sunday school which was which went on for 3 to 4 hours in in the 1980s and 1990s is just now 45 minutes or one hour maximum. And in that one hour, the teacher needs to have a general session and then go on to the topic that is there in the textbook as well. Teach the teach the children. So that's one part. Uh, so teaching of an orthodox child begins at home. And we as parents, we need to build up the habit of, first of all, listening to what is being taught in the church and then practice it out with our own children by teaching them our understanding and let, let letting them explore letting them letting them speak their mind and explore what the teaching means in their own life in their own words that's one second is the orthodox way of teaching was never that the teacher would never go and and uh, teach the students no that is not how it worked uh, It is only in the, it is only, it it was brought to India by the Britishers um, in their colonization period, wherein the students would go to the teacher, the teacher would come to the class which was assigned to them. But in the Gurukul way of teaching, the students need to seek out the teacher. And that is the orthodox way of teaching as well. The students, the students who are, uh, students of orthodoxy who are willing to learn about the faith they need to go out and seek out the their teacher who would guide them in the faith um, i'll give you a very good example a very simple example uh, we have a headache suppose one of us ha- has a headache my, my uh, migraine uh, first few instances we will go to our general general doctor and we will ask them for something to treat our treat our headache but sometimes some uh, it becomes very persistent and the doctor says that you need to go and see a specialist so in that case would we still treat ourselves with the medicine that was given to us by the general doctor or would we go and seek an advice from the specialist we would obviously go and seek advice from the specialist and that is what the orthodox way of teaching is, we are to go, we as students are to go and seek knowledge from the specialist. The specialist will not come to you. We as students are the ones who, are to, who have to seek out. It's a way of seeking. Uh, we need to seek out the teacher amidst us. And once the teacher is sought out, then we need to spend time with the teacher. In in the previous example, the specialist will, if once we decide to go and meet the specialist, the specialist will prescribe to do various tests. It it will be, it can be one, two or ten tests. But the final result will only come out if we are, if, if we go and do all these tests. We cannot find the cure of the disease or the illness by just completing. Two, two tests or three tests, no um, we need to do the whole course of a test and that is the same way with the uh, with the teacher as well, we need to spend time, our energies and being with the teacher learning with the teacher and it's always a. we need to build a relationship with the teacher uh, if we read about the old gurukul systems in, of our of our Indian culture, um, the students used to spend time with the teacher days on end. They used to spend time uh, watching the teacher in what he or she does, doing the same things in what he or she does, and gaining the knowledge from the instructions of the teacher. How many of us are willing to go and spend time in our monasteries, Nadhaeras, where? Our dharas are the schools of monastic teaching or the orthodox teaching of our church. How many of our youngsters or how many of our parents instruct our children to go and spend time um, in the dharas for for a few weeks in the vacation? Uh, In our our busy lives, we are so busy that um, we clamp our vacations with various summer and winter activities it can be um, dancing or acting or uh, judos uh, uh, self-defense anything it can be um, cricket for that matter but do we spend time or do we do our parents spend time uh, and instruct our children to go and go and give a few days of the week in the monasteries, in the veras, and learn from the teachers there. We also need to give importance to the sacraments as well. In today's time, we just we know that there are seven sacraments. For a authorized Christian, our whole life should be a sacrament, not just some some aspects of it. The bapt that the baptism transmission, we begin a life with baptism and transmission, and we have and we need to have our, a life which is a sacramental life a life which is sacred uh, every aspect of our life is, is a sacrament not just few aspects of it it can be as simple as learning the first letter that that we teach our child mm-hmm. that is also a secret. that is also a sacred act uh, every word or every letter that we learn is sacred should, le- should lead to the to the um, penultimate knowledge that is God and and every act of our life, be it our work, be it our studies, our extracurricular activities, everything should be in the aspect of having a sacredness Um, but we are missing that out, we just give undue undue importance to the um, special events, that is if it's a marriage we give importance to the uh, feast afterwards, not the uh, sacredness of marriage marriage uh, ceremony itself. Uh, if it's a baptism, it is the ceremony that comes after the baptism. If it's the um, priesthood, it is the um, party that comes after the sacrament of priesthood. But no one is aware that we need to give very huge importance to this sacrament itself wherein wherein we see the unseen grace of God being uh, being gifted out to the children or to the congregation of the church or whoever is participating in the sacrament. So there's a lot to be done uh, there's a lot to speak of, about in that topic in this regard.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I've learned a lot especially the uh, biblical system that you were talking about Um, and speaking about the monasteries and everything I've learned huge lots and I believe that it would help um, the lot of our listeners um, to see a kind of way in which we can better our community and our societies that are around us and uh, there's a huge lot more that uh, we'll have to talk about but because of the time constraints and uh, uh, yeah because of the very less amount of time that we have we'll take it slow and we'll do it sometime later i just hope that you would come back and uh, you would talk about the lot more that you have to offer by the grace of god and god use you in the best way possible all the best wishes if there's any any is if there's one thing that anybody would have to take out of this um, what would you say that it has to be?
1: Uh, well, Johanna, thank you, uh, first of all, for having me. And then, uh, yes, I would be very much pleased to come back whenever you you are able to have me back on. So for any of our listeners who, who are questioning about where they are in the, in the church, the first thing that one of my teachers told me is that before you point any finger at the church, learn, try and uh, try to learn and understand the teachings of the church first, and then point fingers. Uh, an example that was given to me was: how, man, how much ever bad qualities our mother might have, we would never defame our mother. Right? In the same manner, uh, we would. We would never defend our mothers and also we would always protect our mothers. We would always try to defend them. In the same manner, uh, try to understand the teachings of the church. Try to understand where it's coming from, its its teachings, before we try to point fingers at our spiritual mother. And you would find that the church has a lot to give. It's only that we need to ask, we need to seek. It's only when we seek that we would find Uh, that's all from my side
0: alright I think think. yeah alright so I think we can end the show on a high note by saying it was a wonderful time uh, that we spent uh, we spent uh, talking a lot about faith, the aspect of sin and a huge chunk of our conversation was on uh, was very deservingly put on the youth of our church and how we can tend to it and there's a lot more to be spoken about it and I hope by God's grace we'll be able to do by his will uh, a lot more on this topic thank you so much and uh, may God bless us all thank you for all the listeners who've been listening in and I hope God would use our podcast and this conversation to do much of his bidding in your life as well Thank you and have a nice day. God bless.